Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. I do appreciate the songs this morning. And over the coming months, we do uh, want to try to cultivate more so even than hopefully we already live in. Uh, but that spirit of dependence as is spoken of in that song and uh, how true it is that we cannot walk without him holding our hand. We oftentimes are mistaken in thinking we can and that we can handle things all right. Um, but if you ever see your life or who you are without, outside of Christ and outside of his strength, then uh, we'll be glad to walk hand in hand with him every day. And uh, over the coming months, that's going to be the focus of our thoughts is, is prayer. And I think if you've been a Christian for any length of time at all, you understand that there's importance to prayer, but uh, you probably would also recognize and maybe be able to admit that there's a lack of uh, exercise of prayer, a lack of faithfulness in prayer, and I think many people live in that place. Prayer is not always easy, and prayer is not always uh, something that we're consistent in, but I do pray that over the coming months the Lord would use our our time in preaching to help us to grow as as it says in our intimacy with God. That is how prayer is how we we walk with Him, how we stay in fellowship with Him, and uh, it is how we we talk with our Father. And I pray over the coming months the Lord would help us, mature us, and make us a uh, a group of people who genuinely pray and call upon the Lord, not just during our services, not just while we're here together, but we would be people who live in a place of prayer individually and as a community of believers. So if you will this morning, I want to ask you to find your place in the book of 1 Samuel where we'll start our study. One of my favorite passages probably, um, especially pertaining to prayer, 1 Samuel chapter number 1. I think it's such a, a powerful passage of Scripture. And for me, it's a passage of Scripture that it, when I read it, it's, it's just one that comes alive for me. And, uh, and I'm trusting the Lord will do the same for you this morning as we look at these verses of Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter number 1, and we'll read the opening 20 verses of the chapter. As you find your place, I'll ask you to stand with me one, once again this morning in honor and reference to the Word of the Lord. The Bible says this, Now there was a certain man of Ramath Amzaphim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of To, the son of Zuth, and Ephrathah. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, well, the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two... And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, a crucial detail to our passage of Scripture. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple, 
of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramon. Elkanah knew Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Father, we come before you today, and God, we're thankful. Thankful for prayer, and God, thankful for the opportunity that you have given us, Lord, as people who within this world have no popularity, have no claim to fame, but God, you have given us access to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, forgive us where we don't pray like we should. Father, forgive us where we don't have the desire to even pray. But God, I pray through our time in the Word of the Lord today, and God, over the coming weeks, that you would use your Word to generate and stir up in us a spirit and a heart of prayer. God, help us to be truly a praying people. God, I believe that the way that we uh, draw close to you, Father, the way that we recognize our need of you is through prayer. And God, I pray that you'd help us to become more faithful in this spiritual exercise. God, thank you for hearing us as we're reminded through Hannah. God, I'm thankful as we pray to you, Lord, that you hear us. God, it can be small things. We've heard, I've heard testimonies today of people who've prayed for small things. But God, you heard even those requests. And God, we rejoice in that today. I pray that you'd use your word. God, I ask that it would go forth in power this morning and change hearts and transform lives. God, I love you today. I thank you for loving me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The text that we're studying this morning Shows us a great change that happens. Two great changes that I notice in the life of Hannah. You'll notice that when the text opens, Hannah does not have a child. And by the time it concludes, she's holding her baby named Samuel in her arms. And we see that the connection from her prayer request... And this instance where she's holding her child is prayer. The connection between her barrenness and her child was prayer. So in other words, this morning you could say the link between Hannah's need and the answer for her need was prayer. And so as we study these verses of Scripture, I think we learn a lot about the power and the practice of prayer. 
The power of prayer comes from the fact that when you pray, you're getting God involved in the situation that you're praying about. And God's ability never runs short. Hannah couldn't stir up a child within her womb. Obviously, Hannah couldn't do anything about her barrenness, but she was praying to one who could. And that's why prayer is such a powerful exercise, why prayer is such a powerful thing, because you are bringing in the one who has limitless power into your situation. Calling upon the one whose ability never runs short. It's the most powerful thing we can do as Christians, but unfortunately and sadly, it's often one of the most neglected things in a Christian's life. I love what E.M. Bounds said about prayer. He said, Prayer is the language of those who need something, something which they themselves cannot supply. So Bounds also went from that statement to say, that when we don't pray, it's declaring an independence from God. It's, he said that a lack of praying is a declaration made to God that we do not he, need Him, and that's why we don't pray. And I don't want to be guilty of such an attitude this morning. I'm sure that you don't as well, because we recognize this morning that we need Him. That truly, we cannot walk without Him holding our hand. The practice of prayer, we see Hannah, what is, people might ask, what is prayer? What, what does it look like? What should it sound like? Well, Hannah... And these verses of Scripture, for her, I think, I say it's quite simple. A lot of times what we see Hannah doing is what I mean by it's simple. Hannah simply, the Bible says, according to verse number 15, she poured her soul out before the Lord. And I think that if you could sum up prayer, true godly praying, that is praying when you pour out your soul unto the Lord. And Hannah's not praying out loud. The Bible tells us that only her voice, her lips are moving, but there's no sound coming out of her voice. So it's more than just words. Prayer, true prayer, is something that comes from your heart. It's when you feel a burden and you sense a need with deep within. It's not going through the motions. It's not saying things that you've always heard other people say. But prayer is when you come to God and you lift your voice to Him and you pour out your soul to Him. And when I say lift your voice to Him, I mean in the essence of from within your heart. Clearly, God still heard Hannah and her words were never spoken aloud. Prayer is not vain repetition. It's not about how loud you are. It's about giving God your heart. And I'm glad when we do, God hears us. So we're reminded as we study these verses of Scripture this morning that God hears our prayers. So again, the link from Hannah's need, from Hannah being childless to bearing a son, the link in there was prayer, But I want you to notice the second change, which I more so want to emphasize this morning. As we read of Hannah's condition in the early portion of the text, you can't help but feel grieved for Hannah. The Bible tells us that Hannah is broken, and Hannah is, is, is of a sorrowful spirit, she says. Hannah, the Bible tells us, didn't have children. The Bible says it's because God had closed up her womb. And in this day, biblical day, that was an awful state to be in for a woman if you could not have children. People looked at you as when you could not have children in this day, that that was evidence that that woman had committed some kind of sin. And it was an evidence of God's judgment upon her life that she could not have a child. So the situation from the very get-go is not good for Hannah. But not only that, then, as is often found in the Old Testament, her husband, Elkanah, has another wife named Panina. And Panina's 
provoking her. Panina's making things worse, saying things like, like, I have a son and you don't, and she's giving her a hard time, and she's mean and, and hard-hearted and lacks sensitivity towards Hannah. She's not wrapping her arm around Hannah saying, it's all right, you'll have your turn, but she's making life hard for Hannah. And then ultimately you see Hannah's poor, pitiful condition in verse number 7. They're going to offer a sacrifice as they do year by year. She goes up to the Lord and she's being provoked. And the Bible says she wept and did not eat. Hannah's in an awful place. All she can do is cry. She's broken. She's got... Panina giving her a hard time, provoking her. She's so upset, so torn up about the situation, she can't eat. All she's doing is she sits there and cries. And I want you to look upon her this morning. I want you to try to picture her in verse number 7 as she sits there and weeps and can't eat. And see if you cannot relate to Hannah. To see if you've not ever been in Hannah's shoes. Where you've been broken and and sorrowed by something. Or maybe you've not faced her specific trial where you've tried to have a child and not been able to. Maybe you've been in that specific situation. But the concept of her brokenness is that she longs for this child, but God hasn't saw fit to give her this child. Many people carry a heavy load, just like Hannah's carrying here in these verses. And you may still be at the place where you're able to cover it up to where people around you don't know the heavy load you're experiencing. But I can assure you of this, if, you, if, you, if that heavy load continues to stay upon you long enough, it'll show up externally just like it does for Hannah. A lot of times we can conceal those heavy loads for a long time. Make everybody else around us think everything's fine. But eventually those heavy loads will weigh you down and those heavy loads will show up and they will affect your external behavior. Just like it does hand. In other words, your broken heart will show up in your external behavior. But then I want to I bring you to the second change that takes place in the life of Hannah. In verse number 18. You see a completely different picture of Hannah. In verse number 18. She says, let thine handmaid, in verse number 18, find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and noticed and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. She's no longer sitting there weeping and can't eat. The Bible says she's no longer tore up, so to speak. She's, her countenance, her spirit is no longer sad. But notice what I want you to notice in this distinct change. At this point, she's never held Samuel in her arms. She hasn't conceived a child as of yet, but yet... She is still changed, yet she found relief for her burden hard. And where did she find it? She found it through prayer. What I want you to know this morning is before you ever see the answer to your prayer, before you ever hold the, your child in your arms, so to speak, before you ever see the fruition of what you're praying for, if you're here today with a broken heart and a heavy heart, you can find relief. And you can find it through prayer. That's what Hannah did. Before she ever knew she conceived, before she ever held Samuel, her countenance was different. And the only thing that happened in the meantime between her brokenness in verse 7 and her spiritual revival in verse 18 is she prayed. So what I want us to think about this morning is what about prayer 
can change our inner spiritual condition before our external circumstances ever change. I want you to notice, first of all, in verse number 8, is that prayer gives you access to the one who understands when no one else does. Verse number 8, her husband, and every husband in here could probably learn a lesson from Elkanah. This is not how you console your wife. Now, granted, I've not been married very long. But to see her broken and come up and say, what's wrong with you, in essence, is probably not the way to console your wife. But that's kind of what he does. He says, what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? He says, why do you not eat? Why are you grieved? He says, am I not better to you than ten? If you had ten children, they wouldn't be as good to you as I'm trying to be. And he is. I mean, he is. He seems to care for her. He loves her, the Bible says. He gave her a double portion where he gave, only gave Panina a regular portion. But clearly, you can say this. Elkanah does not understand. Her husband does not understand her brokenness. He does not understand her burden. But clearly, God does not respond to Hannah the same way. When Hannah prayed, God doesn't say, Hannah, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you need to get over it. God responded to her prayer and gave her the very thing she was asking for. And you may be going through something today, and you may have a burden upon your heart, and people around you don't understand. Maybe you've tried to express it to them, and they just, they can't. Maybe they want to. They, they, they don't mean to make you feel like they don't understand, but they just don't. Or maybe you've just, you're living in a place where you are hesitant to even tell anybody around you. People around you don't even know what's going on. But I want you to know the reason you can find relief through prayer is because you're praying to the one who understands when no one else does. And you can't even begin to get your burden lifted off your chest. God understands. There may be times when you pray like that, where you come to the Lord and you don't really even know what to say. But in those times, be sure this, He understands. But also... According to verse number 11, prayer reminds us that there's always hope. As Hannah prays, the Bible says she, her womb had been shut up. But she vows a vow, and she says, O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah's not, Hannah's not giving up hope. And Hannah's not throwing up her hands and saying, well, that's it. I'll just have to live my life without, without a son. But Hannah's prayer, or by praying, Hannah was refocused on the limitless power of God. And the reason this morning that you can find relief for your heavy and burdened heart through prayer is because when you pray, you're refocused upon the power of God, that He and His power is limitless. There is nothing He cannot do. Hannah's womb may have been barren. I don't know exactly how old Hannah is, but for however many years she's been married. But she knows that if God sees fit, He can open her womb and give her a child. She prays with that faith, with that confidence. It reminds her that while Elkanah says, Honey, I'm trying to be good to you and I'm trying to help you. And yet, Panina may be giving you a hard time. I'm trying, even though they may have given up on the fact that she'll ever have a son. But she's praying knowing that God can still give her a son if he chooses to do so. 
And you and I must find confidence in prayer that whatever's going on in our life, no matter how dark, no matter how hopeless it may seem, prayer should remind us that there's always hope, that we have never reached a point where God would say, I'd love to help you, but there's nothing I can do. And that's the power of prayer, to remind you that whatever it is that you're experiencing, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that's breaking your heart and burdening you, there there is hope of victory. Charles Spurgeon who said this about the power of God. He said, the word impossible has no relation to the deity, for with God all things are possible. And Hannah's prayer reminds us of that. She knew that if God chose to, he could give her a son. Through that also we see that prayer allows us to share the weight of a burden. Now that Hannah's prayed in verse number 11 and lifted her, her burden, her sorrows unto the Lord, she's no longer carrying the weight of this burden by herself. She's turned it over to the Lord. Peter would later explain it like this, casting or throwing upon and throwing all your care, which in some versions is translated as anxiety, trans, it's, uh, all your worries upon him. Because he cares for you. See, the reason we can find relief for our burdened heart in prayer is because it's the way God has set it up. That you and I can go to him, take our cares, our worries, our anxieties, the things that bother us, and place them upon him. I've shared the illustration before. When I read that verse, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you for whatever reason. I say that because I don't know exactly why this picture came to my mind, but I think of when somebody throws a saddle over a horse. I've said my grandpa used to have horses, and so that's where I saw that some. But the same way a person takes that saddle and throws it on the back of the horse, that person no longer has the weight of that saddle in their hands anymore. They're no longer burdened by that weight any longer. The horse is now under that burden. And that's the picture I get in my mind of what God is telling you and I to do. Take those cares. Take the burdens that you're experiencing and God tells us to cast them upon Him. Throw them upon the Lord. And why does He give you that invitation? Because He cares for you. And He cares for me. Hannah's no longer walking through her situation experiencing her by herself. Her husband may have not have understood. And up until that point, before she prayed, she's carrying it all by herself. But now that she's prayed, the burden is no longer on her, but the burden is on the Lord. And if we learn what it is to truly cast our cares, to truly place our burdens upon Him, then we will find relief when we pray. But then lastly, I put out this morning that prayer gives us a place to empty ourselves of the sorrow. Verse number 15. I love, I love the description of Hannah's prayer. In verse number 15. Eli, the priest, thinks he's drunk. Imagine somebody has some very poor discernment. She's going into the temple to pray. Eli sees her praying, and as it's mentioned, she's praying. I mean, you can sense if he's thinking she's drunk, you can, again, you can see the burden. She's not going through the motions. She's praying. She's not praying out loud, and there's some intensity to it. And so Eli thinks she's drunk. She's coming to the temple, and she's drunk. And Hannah says, no, 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 in verse number 15. I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. 
Maybe that's where you are today. She said, I'm not, I'm not drunk. She said, this is her description. I poured out my soul before the Lord. That's praying. That's praying. I'm thankful that when we pray, we can open our heart to the Lord. Hannah's not spitting off the prayer that she heard somebody pray at church every week. Hannah's not going through the motions of prayer, but she is being vulnerable and broken and sharing her ache and sharing her pain and sharing her sorrow in prayer. I don't think God is interested today in you putting on a fake smile. God is not interested in you going through the motions. This is praying. Pouring out your soul before the Lord. If something's going on in your life that you don't love, if you don't enjoy, take those things to the Lord. Yes, we bring our concerns, we bring our, dis, our, bring, we bring our dislikes under His sovereign control and under His care for us, but we can come before the Lord and be honest. And we can come before the Lord and be real. And that's what Hannah's doing. She says, I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Remember, she had an abundant grief. She had a sorrowful spirit. But now all that has been poured out through prayer. That wording saying she has poured out her soul before the Lord gives me an idea of something being emptied out. And so all that sorrow, all that grief that she had in her soul, I take the picture of her pouring it out before the Lord. And in that, you can find relief. When you take all of that grief and heaviness and bitterness and sorrow and you use that picture and you pour it out to the Lord, well, it's no longer built up in you and it's no longer making you miserable. But it's been poured out to the Lord. Glad we can just pour ourselves out to Him. We do that through prayer. So this morning, whenever you're under the weight of some burden, remember that there can be relief before you ever see the situation altered. And that relief comes through prayer. Before Hannah ever held Samuel in her arms, her countenance had changed. Why is that? It's because when you pray, you're talking to someone who understands when no one else does. You're reminded that there's hope when you pray because God's power has no limits. Prayer is a way that you can cast your care upon the Lord so that you're no longer under the burden and under the weight of those cares. And finally, prayer just gives you a place to pour out your soul to Him. I ask you, if you will, this morning to stand as our musicians come around. It was Leonard Fletcher, I believe, who wrote a song and it's titled, Bring It All to Him. And if I could sing, I'd sing it for you, but I can't, so I'll read the lyrics for you. But seems so insignificant. It seems unimportant. I would urge you to learn a lesson from Hannah. 
who just poured out her soul to the Lord. That same song goes on to say, I'll just bring it all to him when no one understands. When the burdens get so heavy and my sight is getting dim, oh, how sweet it is in knowing that I can bring it all to him. So if your burdens are heavy today, remember the Hannah's word. Said it was out of the abundance of her complaint and grief that she spoke to him. It was her brokenness that drove her to the Lord. I want to urge you to come find sweet relief in the throne room of your Savior. By bringing your cares to him. The hymn says, well, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you need to pray this morning, the altars are open. I'd encourage you to be obedient to the Lord. If something's burdening you, don't walk out of here carrying the same weight you walked in here with. There's no reason to. We've learned through Hannah this morning. We don't have to, we don't have to walk around in misery. What can help us when we're living in that place is pray. God has dealt with your heart. You be obedient to him and respond. As Mark comes around and leads us in a song of invitation. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.